right, thank you so much. That was a great children's video, and then also thank you to Carolyn for the interview. So let's get started now with our sermon. Uh, so you kicked off a new series on Easter Sunday called Race with Christ, and it was about learning to live like Jesus. Yeah, and that's, you know, my heart and vision for our church is that we would be a people who are learning to live like Jesus, learning the Jesus way, and leading others to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So during this season of COVID-19, it, it seems like a time when a lot of churches might be preaching about um, anxiety or fear. There's just a lot going on with health and financial concerns. Can you remind us again why this is a good time for this Raised with Christ series? Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you know, what we're talking about here is so fundamental to our faith, so fundamental to life, uh, so fundamental to all those issues that we struggle with and that come to light in a season like this, uh, that, you know, it's essential that we sort out what is, uh, you know, how do we become a people who are raised with Christ? How do we become a people who, uh, yeah, can overcome anxiety, can overcome um, whatever it is that's welling up in your life right now because of this season that's come to light that maybe you had been ignoring before but you can't ignore now, uh, or whatever struggle it is. You know, there's lots of people who are struggling right now with addictions, uh, whether it's to substances or, uh, or to Netflix or to, uh, you know, you name it. Um, even you know, websites, things that you know we shouldn't—they know they shouldn't be looking at—but yet they're drawn to it in this season where we're kind of isolated, and uh, so there's just a lot of things that we're struggling with in our lives, and this is the roadmap for how we overcome that by the power of Christ, and so that's why it's uh, you know essential at this time, I think. Yeah, that's great. So, raised with Christ is the title of our series. Um, this idea of dying to our old self and walking in the way of Christ. So last week we talked about how religious effort toward behavior modification doesn't actually work to change people. Rules and laws, they don't, they don't change people. And today you're calling this talk, What's Alive and What's Dead? Right. And so uh, here's a corny joke I heard. Uh, at least I thought it was kind of funny. So uh, speaking of what's dead, right? Uh, so there's a story about a guy that flies to New York City. Uh, let's call him Jim. And uh, okay. Jim gets off a plane and he goes outside the terminal after he gets his baggage, baggage claim and, and he waves for a taxi, uh, you know, or maybe an Uber nowadays. I don't know. Anyway, the driver pulls up, he gets in the back, they head off on their way. Uh, then, you know, 20 minutes goes by, they're on their way. Jim thinks of a question he wants to ask, ask the uh, taxi driver. So <laughs> he reaches up and says, excuse me, and he taps him on the shoulder, right? And the guy goes, ah! <laughs> and swerves all over the road. They're veering through traffic. He finally gets over somewhere safe, and he's just like, <laughs> everyone's trying to catch their breath, and Jim says, what in the world just happened? And the taxi driver said, I'm sorry, this is my first day on the job, and I just spent 30 years driving a hearse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was used to having dead people in the back. That's a good one. And that's funny because uh, I just thought it would be a fun question to ask uh, today as we dive into what's alive and what's dead is when was the last time that you were surprised by new life welling up in you? <laughs> uh, what A lot of times it seems like Christians are 
we, we, we drag around kind of a spiritual corpse and there's not much of an experience of new life. You know, we're not used to new things coming up within us all the time. Uh, but that's a process and a journey we're supposed to be on, where we're supposed to be experiencing this new life that we're raised with Christ. And so that's uh, where, our, where we're going today. Awesome. All right, let's look at our scripture reading. Um, this week, once again, we have um, the privilege of hearing from some of the members of our church who have been memorizing this passage. And so we're going to watch a video about that now. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, for you have put off the old self with its practices. And have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, sentient, slave, and free. But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, his chosen ones, holy, dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another when anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That's such a good passage. I always like hearing that again. Um, so I catch a lot of talk in there about dying and coming to life and putting away and putting on. It says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Yeah. So there's a sense which in which Christians believe that uh, we come into this world kind of spiritually dead. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but we think we're alive, you know, and, and the the things that we desire and pursue that we think are going to fulfill us and satisfy us, um, it turns out they're they're not real. They they don't last. They um, they don't do what they promise. You know what we think they're going to do. And so throughout Scripture, then there's especially in the New Testament after Jesus dies and raises from the dead, uh, there's this thing that his followers are supposed to follow his example and die to that old self that was really dying anyway. Go ahead and die to that and so that we can come into a new life with Him. And newness of life can be uh, raised up in us by, as we follow Him, you know? Mm -hmm. So in this passage, Paul uses language like, therefore put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. 
and also, but put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. Yeah, and probably, you know, our folks who are listening and, and kids who are listening who have read much of the New Testament uh, have probably come across lists like that quite a bit. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of, in the letters to the early church, there were a lot of lists like this. And I guess I always read them as um, rule lists, kind of like the Ten Commandment lists, you know, of here's some rules to follow. And instead, I'm finding that they're not at all meant to be that kind of an exhaustive, complete list of rules. They're more just descriptive. They, they paint a picture of typical old life, you know, what, what, what we used to be like before we came to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea then is that we put that to death. We lay that to rest. We put it behind us. We take it off. Um, but it's not just that we put it off. We are also going to replace it with something. Right. Yeah, Paul lists that out too. Um, in verse 12 it says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And down in verse 14 it says, Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Yeah, so this is the language. We are, we are putting things to death. We're putting them off. We're taking them off. We're putting other things on. Um, so we're dying and we're raising. This is throughout this whole passage. This is repeated over and over again. It's got, it's almost like um, you know we could compare it to changing clothes. Like you come in from working in the yard and they're just all a mess. And so you take off those, you take a shower, you get some new clothes on. You feel so much better. Um, you know, or you know you might compare it to like a witness protection program where you completely change your identity. You know, and you're uh, you're taking on a new name and a new. Um, persona or whatever and you're living in a new place and uh, you know but this really goes deeper to the heart of who we are and we're we're trying to change in a sense who we are but in the process I think we're actually discovering who we were really created to be mm-hmm. that's good this doesn't seem like a popular notion in our culture today where everybody's um, they want to be their natural self. Go where your arrow points, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, and that cracks me up. We, Julie and I like to watch The Voice. Uh, and so we watch that sometimes. We haven't watched all 18 seasons, but we're watching this, this year's. And inevitably, this is like the theme of that show to me. You know, it's like chase your dreams, be who you really are. Uh, you know, don't be afraid of who you are. Just show who you are. Like the, it's the gospel of our world, uh, and it's presented in a lot of different ways that all sound really good. Uh, you know, the thing is, we, we, we believe that, I guess the difference is that the world believes that we come into this world just the way God intended us to be. And we believe that we come into this world uh, marred and corrupted by sin. Uh, that we, our, our spirits are, are bent in a wrong direction, our, our flesh is bent in a wrong direction, we have desires in our flesh that just aren't the desires that God intended for us and we've inherited those generationally and trace it all the way back to Adam in the garden. And so, you know, that's kind of a difference that we have that, you know, we believe, no, who we're really created to be is what we find when we start pursuing this way of Christ, of putting off the old that, you know, follows uh, 
those descriptions that Paul gave and then putting on the new, which again follows those descriptions of the things that we put on. And, and so as we make that journey, then we begin to discover who we really were created to be and what kind of awesome life is available to us mm -hmm. uh, from our creator, thanks to Jesus. That's right. Yep. So at first glance, it appears that Paul is recommending what he just got done saying don't do. Um, it looks like he's giving you this list of rules to follow, which is the way that most religions work. Um, like, don't do this, and these are the things you should do, but you just spent that whole message last week telling us that that doesn't work to change behavior. Um, yeah. Um, look, like we said last week, legalistic rule following doesn't work. Uh, it might modify a set of behaviors effectively, and there's a place for that. There's some beha behavior modification. Uh, you know, I've... I treat that like a bad word sometimes when we're talking about this issue when it's come up in the past, but it's really not like that's a helpful and wise thing to do is to modify your behaviors. Like uh, there's behaviors that hurt you and hurt other people that you ought to go ahead and modify, <laughs> you know, like go for it. Uh, but the problem is unless we address our spirit, unless we address our heart, unless we address these automatic desires of our, of our of our flesh too and then these we're just going to find new ways to misbehave you know mm -hmm. we're just going to find uh, even we can even take good things people are notorious for taking something good and warping it into something really selfish or ugly uh, and so that's why it's so critical that we have to go deeper than behavior modification and that's all that most religion can really offer is that surface level Kind of thing, and the same goes for um, you know counseling and therapy and a lot of those um, you know things that people chase after, uh, which can be helpful. Again, I'm not you know shaming those things at all. I'm you know awesome. Those are needed. They're needed things. But if we're going to become people who are raised with Christ, who are living in a new way because we're a new kind of person, a new creation, then you know it's got to go deeper than that. Oh yeah. Okay, but again, if that's the case, what is Colossians 3 teaching us with all these lists about putting things on and taking things off? All right, so we could think of this as a series of battles that have to be fought. Uh, it's, a, it's a process. It's not, it's not just a... Man, for, for so long... So, so often we treat Christianity as if it's just a, a moment, like the moment you came to Christ, the moment you came to faith, that's what Christianity is about. Uh, but that's just the beginning. Like that's just when you made a decision that you were going to do something new. And really there's no battle to fight until you make that decision. Because you're just doing what you want to do. <laughs> you know, what feels good or whatever. Like you're not, you're not fighting against anything. You're just going with the flow. Um, and so, man, when, when the battles start is when you begin to try and live in this new way. So what Paul's doing with these lists is providing us a description of the kinds of battles that we're going to face. Um, that there's these things that are so commonplace in our life and have such a stronghold in our life that are going to be difficult to put down. And then there's going to be other things that are so uncharacteristic, you know, Christ-like love and, and you know, really forgiving and bearing with one another and being patient and kind and compassionate and thoughtful of others um, and not just of ourselves, these things don't come naturally to us all the time. Uh, we might do it every now and again, but it's not, it's not second nature for us. And so for it to become that is this process that we get to embark on 
and this series of battles that we have to fight. Yeah. Okay, so job one is about directing our minds like we discussed last week. Right. Uh, if you happen to have missed that message, it's still available on um, our Facebook page. You can go back and look at that. But I assume that this week you're going to share job number two with us. Yeah, I mean, we, I guess we shared last week that, you know, being with Jesus, uh, focusing our minds on Him, you know, that's where Colossians 3 begins is with this idea of seek the things above, set your minds on things above, mm -hmm. uh, and that's where you begin to see clearly, like, okay, this doesn't match up with Jesus and His way, and this thing in, in my life needs to grow because it would match up with Jesus. And, uh, you know, I need less of this and more of that. And I need to put this to death. And I need to bring this to life. And, and so it's by setting our minds on the things above and spending that time with Jesus that we've begun to see more clearly. But job two then has to do with, and where we're headed this week with the taking off and the putting on the what's dead and what's alive has to do with uh, kind of taking the steps. Uh, it's fighting what obviously needs fighting. You know, when you set your mind on things above, when you direct your thoughts towards Christ and His Word, and, and you begin to pray and spend time with the Lord, then there's going to be things in your life that become obvious that they're part of those first lists that Paul gave of the things that we need to put away. Mm -hmm. And so as you begin to see those things, and you, and you begin to see what could be, and what the love and the joy and the peace that, that, that God wants to work in your heart instead, well then you have to begin fighting for those things. And it's not that you do those do that in your own power. It's just that you're not passive in this process. You have a, a role to play. And so, you know, this is what Paul's begging people to do is play your role in putting these old things off and putting these new things on. And I think, uh, you know, football is a great analogy. Uh, you know, we're in the middle. This is draft week that we are wrapping up. Are I don't know doing? if you knew that. No, I didn't. Yeah. And so... Uh, you know, lots of excitement this year for LSU fans, you know, with the draft and all. But anyway, let's talk football for a second. Uh, football, I think, is a good analogy of this because it helps us understand what these battles are like. Uh, sometimes we have this illusion that we should only have victories if we're Christians, uh, that we're only going to be going you know, forward all the time and great things are going to happen all the time. And we're really discouraged by setbacks and we're really discouraged by uh, the times when we can't seem to quite get rid of that sin and it keeps cropping back up in our life or whatever. Uh, but, you know, think about how a football game is played. You know, when sin scores a touchdown, that doesn't mean that the game is over. That means you're about to get the ball back. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's, it's a battle that's being waged. Um, same thing for you. Like, when you score a big victory and a big touchdown, it doesn't mean the game's over. That means sin's about to get the ball back. And there is this battle that goes on. And, and sometimes, you know, I think it's almost like old school football where they used to just line up in the trenches and run the ball at each other and they didn't score a billion touchdowns. It was all about, like, field position. And field position was so important. And if you could gain a few yards, then that was awesome progress. And I feel like we need to take on that attitude as, as Christians of, we're in the trenches, we're fighting this in the Holy Spirit's power, we're guaranteed victory in the end, but we've got to fight the battle now. And so sometimes, you know, that may just look like, man, gaining a few yards this time. Uh, or you may be down a touchdown or two, but hey, the ball's coming back into your hands. Get ready to suit back up, get back out on the field, uh, you know, get ready to press the advantage again. And, um, you know, and th so that mentality and that attitude is what the Christian has to bring into this life. 
once we embark on it with Jesus. That's so good. I just was thinking, we already know the game is as one, but we don't just sit on the sidelines and say, well, I'm not going to play because the game's already won. They can go play, you know? We yeah, you got to play the in. game to win the game. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be on the team. <laughs> All right, so you said take steps toward living your life like Jesus would. Do you yeah, I should have. <laughs> take steps toward living your life as Jesus would. Paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah I said it in football language, but yeah. Gain yardage, take steps toward living your life like Jesus would. Absolutely. Yep. Do you want to talk about how to do this? Yeah, can I keep talking about football? <laughs> if you have to. <laughs> oh, you won't talk no, that much about it. You can talk uh, about football. But I do think maybe if we could just talk in terms of defense and offense, which could be anything, uh, but since we've got football in the brain, defense and offense. So uh, when when Paul talks about putting off, we could think of that as defense or putting away, putting to death. Um, and that's kind of what a defense wants to do, whether you're playing basketball or football or whatever you're playing. You're trying to kind of smother the other team's attempts to gain anything. Like you just, you want them to be completely unable and ineffective to move the ball forward in any way. And so, you know, that's, that's a defensive my, uh, coach's dream, right? It's just like, you know, in baseball, like they're not even going to be able to touch the ball. You know, our pitcher's so good or whatever. Like you just, you have this defensive mindset where we are trying to uh, so smother this sin or whatever it is in your life that you're trying to put off. And so um, what that looks like practically for the Christian is, you know, like in, in, in sports, you're going to run drills. You're going to do all these things to be able to do your job effectively. In a Christian's life, there's things that we practice as well. And so sometimes those things look like uh, fasting or things like fasting, where we uh, basically are like starving ourselves from something that, uh, you know, can we give an example? It's like, I don't want to just use the, give me an example that I can use. Like choosing to deprive yourself, is that what Yeah, saying? I mean, like, so, so I'm like trying to Like taking a time out from people could look like solitude, having yeah. a time of silence. Um, right. This uh, week I've been trying to cut back on my technology time, just staying off my phone, trying to read actual books and spend time with my family instead of being stuck on my phone. Yeah, so anything like that and, and any kind of sin or struggle that we face in our life um, is the same way. There's like an, a, there's a, that temptation feeling, that uh, addiction feeling where you have to, have to, um, that should be a red flag for us. And, and so what you do then is you starve that out. Um, you know, so it may be screen time or it may be something else that you're struggling with, but you know, something with eating or something with a substance or something with whatever, uh, you know, any number of things. Uh, but what you do then is you basically say, uh, my will, you take your heart, your, this is a spiritual issue, so your spirit has to decide, no, this body does not run me, I run it, <laughs> right? You're taking uh, responsibility, kind of like last week we talked about taking responsibility for directing your mind. You take responsibility for your body, you say, I'm cutting you off, body, for a while from this thing that's not necessarily bad in and of itself, but you have a healthy, unhealthy relationship with it, and so we're going to take a break from this for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, people do that with fasting from food, uh, people fast from, you know, sexual activity, they fast from uh, whatever it is, Coke <laughs> that they can't stop drinking Diet Cokes or whatever, 
you know, yeah. so they just take a break for a while. But that's one of the practices that Christians use uh, to help play defense and get rid of the, uh, put to death the things of the flesh. Yeah. Okay, so that's what defense looks like. What does offense look like? Okay, right. So by faith in the Holy Spirit, we take steps forward. We push the ball forward. Uh, so what that looks like, you know, one, one thing that that looks like is that as we're setting our minds on these things above and we, we have that, our focus on what the goal is, what that touchdown looks like, then we begin to take steps towards that by faith. Uh, faith is essentially choosing to act like that's true, that that's right, that that's real, that this list that, that Paul described of the things that we're supposed to be putting on and pursuing, that that is worth pursuing, that that is the life that you were meant for it. Uh, you may still have doubts some days and you may feel like, man, these other things just really feel better to me than those, you know, than, um, than the list of uh, things that are so associated with the life in Christ. Uh, there may be days where you feel that way, but faith chooses to act as if that is the goal, even on the days where it doesn't feel that awesome necessarily, and you continue to pursue those things. And so uh, there's, a, again, a set of disciplines or practices, uh, just like we would do as athletes to get ready on, on offense. You know, you run some drills on, uh, you know, in this kind of discipline of engagement too, where we are putting on... Uh, information that is right in our head so like it might be studying the scripture memorizing scripture meditating on scripture getting it right in our in our heads even putting it into practice by intentionally serving someone in our family or someone in our community or someone in our church family uh, it might be you know sacrificially giving to something where we see a need and we choose to do that even when it's not comfortable to do it and we're not even sure if we should be doing it right uh, or if that's the wisest thing to do or whatever but we in prayer we say you know what I'm, I'm going in on this thing because I'm wanting to train myself to trust the Lord and to pursue these things and so it's again it's just this walking by faith and stepping out in faith and pursuing the things that God says to pursue yeah all right so to sum it up the last couple of weeks we need to be with Jesus to become like Jesus. And that process involves taking responsibility for directing your mind and taking steps toward living your life like Jesus would. All right. So when we are with Jesus and begin to become more like Jesus, then we'll do more and more of the things that Jesus would do if he were us. And this is all by God's grace. Um, yes, we are active participants in the process. Um, but we have no power of ourselves to affect that change or we would have a long time ago. Um, but we need God. We've got to learn to rely on Him and on His Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are you know, trying to learn to live like Jesus. Uh, so it's a, it's a journey. It's a process. It's a battle sometimes. Sure is. <laughs> so do you have any encouragement that you want to leave with, us with today? I really do. I, I think that Sometimes, again, this, this talk about the battles. Uh, no one wants to fight a battle, and no one enjoys a battle, whether it's a real you know, life and death battle that is being fought by our soldiers. Uh, no, one, no one likes that, no one wants that. Or if it's a spiritual battle, it's 
also unpleasant. No one wants that. And sometimes I think we're caught off guard when life is such a battle as a Christian. And that can be discouraging. And a lot of Christians, I think, come to a point where they feel like, maybe I'm not a very good Christian. Uh, maybe I just am not cut out for this thing. And I think that's the opposite of the truth. Because as, we, as I kind of alluded to earlier, there is no battle until we decide to follow Jesus. And then, so the battle then becomes the proof. The proof that you have faith. The proof that you are a Christian. The proof that you're following hard after Jesus is the fact that you're having to fight these battles. And yes, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, there's going to be setbacks, there's also going to be victories. And we know who holds the ultimate victory. And so every time that you're caught up in a battle, and I've, I've been caught up in those battles before where it just felt so hopeless and like I would never find victory on the other side of it. Um, and, and I was ready to throw in the towel. And I wish that someone would have told me then that the fact that I was even fighting the battle was proof of the kind of Christian that I was and that I was um, someone that God was not about to give up on because I was in the fight. And so if you are in the fight, then know that you are, uh, you are a Christian. You are raised with Christ. Otherwise, there'd be no fight. And if you're someone who gave up at some point in the past on battling sin in your life, don't give up. And it's not too late to get back in the battle. And that's what it looks like to be raised with Christ. It's this journey, this process of putting off and putting on. And yes, it can be tiresome and it can be wearisome and it can be discouraging at times. But God promises that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And in, in, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about how uh, there's this just like gut check moment for me where it says, you have not yet shed blood in your battle against sin. Jesus did. And so until we reach that level of sacrifice that Jesus got to in his battle against sin that wasn't even an issue for him, but that he was battling for our sakes, then for crying out loud, let's just stay in the fight and keep on pressing on and remember the people who faithfully won victories ahead of us and follow after their example and ultimately after Christ's example. Right. And like you said last week, we don't fight these battles because we have to. We fight them because we get to because of what Jesus did for us. Yeah, I mean, the life that's available to us through Christ is so worth it. And sometimes we talk about the cost of discipleship and we don't think about the cost of not following Jesus and what we miss out on if we don't follow Jesus. And when you weigh those costs... Oh my goodness. Mm. Yeah, it's it's something we get to do thanks to the grace of God. Yeah. Well, this is a great opportunity to say that if you've been putting off making a decision about um, where you stand with Jesus, there's no better time than today to go ahead and take that step. Um, and again, if that's something you'd like to talk about with Neil or with I, we'd be happy to discuss that with you. But reach out to someone and go ahead and have that conversation and take that first step. Uh, Neil, do you want to close us with prayer? Absolutely. Father, thank you for the, hope, the, for the hope of new life in you. And God, we, each of us needs to stop and confess for a moment that we've got some more things to put off, to put away, to put to death in our lives. In fact, I'm just going to give space for a moment as we're praying, each of us in our own homes today, to offer a confession to you of something that we need to be putting off in our own lives.
and Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us to put on the love of Christ and all that comes with that. So that we find freedom and new life in you as sons and daughters, children of God. Amen. Mm -hmm.